It's 7 p.m. on the West Coast, also known as the Left Coast. So it's time for the Tammy Jackson Show on the 405. This is Tammy Jackson welcoming you to 60 Minutes of Sweet Conservative Inspiration. I tell you every week that you can interact with comments and questions on Twitter during the show. You can follow me at Tammy J, T-A-M-I-J. My first guest tonight is is True Tamplin. True Tamplin is an entrepreneur and author of the number one Amazon bestseller, Raising an Executive, Igniting Your Son's Inner Executive to Outperform His Peers and Continue Your Legacy. At age 13, True's father, Ken Tamplin, was offered to be the lead singer for Journey. And by the way, yeah, I know that group. Anybody that's my age or... (laughs) whatever they would know journey they're awesome group so you can understand how good his voice must have been but despite needing the money the at the five-year touring contract was too great a sacrifice so he turned the offer down and now true is an executive he's he's, he gave his grad speech he covered the daily pilot he got a full ride to the school of his choice and maintained a summa cum laude 4.0 gpa that's pretty darn impressive marrying the girl of his dreams he runs a successful analytics and online marketing company and he wrote this amazon bestseller all by the age of 22 this is pretty amazing um True is utterly convinced that none of his early successes would have come had his father accepted the journey contract. And now True's story has become his plea to fight for executives to spend more time with their sons. True Tamplin, thanks for making time to be on the show tonight. Wow, Tammy, that was quite the intro. Thanks so much for for giving me that intro. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. I'm excited to get to chat with you. Yeah, this is this is fun stuff. It really is. People will have to start uh, looking you up. I've got your uh, book linked on the page there, and and you've got your your site, your website, isn't it? TrueTamplin dot com. That's it. That's it. Yeah, so people should go there and they can follow you on Instagram. I've got that at the bottom of the show page linked and everything. You've got a lot of videos everywhere, and I want to know more of your story, but but your dad, Ken Tamplin, is a highly accredited singer-songwriter, he's a vocal coach, and the interview's not about your dad. And yet, True, if you're like me, I'm willing to bet that you give your dad credit for where you are today, or a lot of credit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I should just address the pink elf in the room. My dad is probably about 10 times cooler than I am, um, and that's, that's <laughs> what all my friends tell me, at least, so uh, that's <laughs> But, uh, no, actually, Tammy, absolutely. No, I, I, uh, I first and foremost had an amazing mother. Don't want to downplay that at all. But, yes, right. my dad Ken, had the more uh, big life, if you will, of, you know, getting that, uh, that, that journey offer and turning it down. But, yeah, that's, that's my story is, is I'm, I'm totally convinced, Tammy, that none of those things that you rattled off there for your audience would have happened had my dad taken the Turing contract. I was 13 at the time. Uh, this was 07, 08, when everyone needed money. And he is a praying man, and he, he really prayed, asking the Lord, like, should I do it, and really felt in his heart that he shouldn't. And let me tell you, as a result of that decision, not only did, did I propel, and my sister, who was two years older than me, also flourished, but he, as a result of that, of that prayer, set up a video camera in front of his face, and just hit this crazy high note, just, ah, I can't sing to save my life. But he just hit this crazy <laughs> high note, and that video, for a, quite a while, outperformed any video that he has to date, and now he has over half a, uh, coming up on a half a million subscribers. That video was on Jimmy Fallon, on Tosh.0, on all these crazy, you know, like, TV shows, and I really felt like that was the Lord responding, hey, you remain in my perfect will. I want to reward you with a, with a cookie, if you will. 
And uh, he has just run uh, an amazing online vocal academy since then, largely due to that initial video that he shot in my old living room. And, uh, and yes, truth be told, none of my early successes would have come had my dad not make that sacrifice. I'm totally convinced of that. It's, it's, it's such an amazing story. I feel the same way about my parents, had a wonderful mom, had a wonderful dad. So when I heard this, I thought, holy cow, this, this is awesome. This kid has just absolutely taken off. And a lot of it is a, the testimony of a father that shows up and is faithful. Um, and, and you said he's a praying man. Now, I, I saw that he won the four Dove Awards. And for people listening, if you don't know what that is, that is Christian music. And it can be contemporary Christian, it can be full-on gospel, it can, there's all different genres, but but the heart of it is is biblical Christianity, and it's fantastic. In fact, the only two award shows I really pretty much watch anymore are the Dove Awards and the Country Music Awards, because they're, they're family-friendly and, and have good music. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, just the Christian Grammys is the simplest way to put it. Exactly, exactly. So you don't you don't have the profanity and 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 the the twerking and all that kind of stuff. You you actually have some good good music and and some fantastic message. Um now so I so obviously faith played a big part in your family. And the interesting thing True Tamplin is that and I'm going to mention this in the second half hour with the young guy I'm having on as well, but if you look at, at prisons and all the studies that they've done, the mm-hmm. number one contributing factor to men, most men being in prison, is that they're fatherless or did not have a father in the home <laughs> growing up. And I believe it. It's 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 incredible, and especially think about it. True, you were 13 years old. Boys need a dad, but never as much as in those teenage years. They need that Absolutely. strong male leadership. Oh, Tammy, I could not agree more with you. Yeah, yeah. what I'm seeing, too, on my end, in addition to, uh, you know, like the number one, you know, kind of variable driving, you know, kids, unfortunately, winding up in prison is there is a really tight-knit correlation between the success uh, career-wise of a father and how messed up their kids are. And this is true of, of everyone. Uh, no one is exempt. This is true of business persons, of politicians, even pastors. You hear this all the time. It's always the pastor's kid that's gone off the deep end. And so, you know, it's my plea. All of the other books and, you know, kind of people speaking to this issue, it's always busy dads showing other busy dads how they did it or how they're doing it. And mine, I'm trying to take this unique angle like you said, it's my plea. It's my cry. Daddy, you know, spend more time with me. Um, where I'm saying, hey, guys, I would still be figuring myself out right now. I'd be figuring out my identity, purpose, uh, heck, even probably sexuality. Everything goes into that when you have a ne- neglectful father. None of this would have happened had my dad shirked his responsibilities as a dad and gone off and pursued his journey career. And that's funny enough that chapter one of my book is called Sacrificing Your Journey. And I, and, I, and I look middle-aged men in the eye and say, do you want this for your son? And are you willing to write that check? I know you're willing to put in immense amounts of sacrifice for your business, but are you willing to actually invest in your son? Wow. Wow. That's so true. It's, it's such a, a phenomenal message. And, and I've often heard it said at the end of your life, no one's going to say, I wish I spent more mm-hmm. time at the office, but they will say, mm-hmm. I wish I'd spent more time with my, my family, with my kids. And absolutely. to have that regret would be absolutely awful. You know, um, there's a family I've gotten to know since I've been doing my little show, and it's the Robertsons of Duck Dynasty. And uh, oh, right on. Yeah, they are the coolest people. They're exactly what they seem to be on the show. They are that funny, and they are that mm-hmm. real, and their faith is that important. And it was interesting to me that Phil had the ability to be a pro football player and do a lot of things with football, but he he 
once he came to Christ, he said he had his wild days where he was doing drugs, sex, and rock and roll. But when God mm-hmm. got a hold of him and that changed, he still loved the fishing and the hunting and things like that. But the rest of it fell away. He realized I could do the whole pro football thing and make a lot of money. I think God wants me back hunting, fishing, and being with my family. And mm. it was a poor route as opposed to the money he could have made. And and now mm. he's made a lot, so God's really blessed him. But it's interesting yep. that he, he made that sacrifice and decided that's what he was supposed to do. And now that they're reaping a lot of blessings, but they still, I think, have their values straight. And this, this is like you. So I think... I bet your dad, if I was to ask him, and I'd love to have him on sometime, I guess he's up in the air flying, so I couldn't have him on tonight. I will have him on sometime. But I bet if I asked him, do you regret having done that? He'd say, no way. Oh, no way. Oh, not a chance. No. And that's, you know, to your point, Tammy, that's a, I, so I graduated from Biola University, if you've heard of that, it's out in La Mirada. Of course, the Bible Institute yeah. of Los Angeles, fantastic there school. It's a fantastic school. One of, in, in my classes, uh, I just remember this, this professor of mine, Thaddeus Williams, making this point about those big, big, big decisions where you choose one way or you choose the other. And he says whenever you make a personal sacrifice and decide to go with what you really feel God is like calling you to, he says how it always comes about is when you make that leap of faith, when you're in it, you can't see it. It makes no sense. But he introduced me to this concept called Rearview Christianity, where after years have gone by, you made that seemingly foolish decision. I mean, heck, as a musician, Tammy, what more could you ask for than being asked to be the lead singer of Journey? I mean, yeah. that was the end-all, be-all. Like, I can, I, I'm not an artist myself, but I know my dad just hit his head against the wall for years trying to, quote-unquote, get his lucky break. And he did. He had some, some crazy successes. Nothing like, though, the Journey gig. And so to be offered that and then turn it down, it's suicidal. I mean, it's folly unless you have a divine creator that knows everything and is telling you exactly what to do. There's no other way that that man could have come to my, that man, meaning my dad, could have come to that conclusion. And it's only after years of, dare I say, regret going through it where you're like, God, why, what? Like, this has happened a number of times. I'm sure you can relate. It's only after years that you look back and you say, aha, that is why God had me make that decision. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Oh, I, I, I really do. And and the thing, thing is, rather than in investing in an immediate uh, 401k or his portfolio, <laughs> yeah. he was investing in his children for eternity. I really believe that. Oh, absolutely. No doubt in my mind. Couldn't agree. Yeah. Yes. Point. So um, I, I was going to ask you what college you attended, Biola. You answered that question. Is that where you met your bride? You know, everyone I feel like, you know, meets their bride at Biola. It's ring by spring. If you've heard of that quote, it's ring, ring by spring your senior year. I did not. Um, oh, funny enough, wow. is I met her right upon graduating or like right as a, I was technically still in school. Um, she and I met at a Bible study and there's a hilarious backstory there, which I was on an airplane and whenever God appointed someone to be next to you, I'm not the type of Christian that's going to go and like hammer someone with the gospel that's like shoving down their throat. And in fact, right. I, I got, I had actually gotten bumped up to first class. I was on my way home, uh, from something, from something out in Texas. It was like an entrepreneurial, um, you know, shindig mm-hmm. and I was on my way home. And I, I, the guy uh, on my left, I had gotten bumped up to first class, you know, when they let you uh, catch the next flight for like 500 bucks in air, in airfare. And I was yes. like, oh, absolutely. Four hour wait, 500 bucks. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. So I, I took the next flight and, um, and got bumped up to first class because of it. And the guy on my left was a developmental league pro ball player. Started talking with him and just really wasn't, going anywhere i mean we were just talking about stuff i always try and make it meaningful and you know tammy pretty often it comes back to your why why you do everything and that's this perfect little segue into jesus but it just wasn't happening Uh and to my right was an actress and i started talking with her and that immediately ended up going like really deep really quickly 
And it turned out that she, she called herself a baby Christian. And I, I chuckled when she said that because whenever someone says that they're a baby Christian, um, it's legit. Someone told them that they're a baby Christian and they know they're Christians. It's generally like the people that are priesters are like, oh, yeah, I'm Christian. been Christian all my life. Well, it's like, eh, you know. But uh, the fact that she said she's a baby Christian, I'm like, okay, the Bible study that led you to Christ is legit. And the fact that you know that you're a baby Christian means you probably are one. Uh, tell me about it. And so she invited me to this Bible study. And oh. if you were to ask my wife what she thought of me, it was a Bible study which is engineered towards actors and actresses or just people in the Hollywood industry. Right. And with a name like True, my wife, or now wife, when she first heard me introduce myself because I was new to the Bible study, was like, oh, oh, please, this guy, stage name, like, what are you, <laughs> oh, come on, like, please stop, like, kill it before it lays, lays eggs sort of stuff. And, uh, and it turned out that it was my real name. I'm, I'm not really even an actor, although my Wikipedia says that I am one. I've been in like two things so far, and both of them ended up on IMDb. So Google pulls in that data and, you know, gets syndicated. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, but anyways, I met my wife, and, you know, we met with like the largest eyeball role that you've ever seen because she thought I was this pompous actor with a stage name, you know. But <laughs> I will say, I did have a very worn out, worn in, big study Bible that I brought with me. And that was like a good indicator because she is on fire for Christ. Where it's like, oh, that Bible, this guy's probably pretty legit. So (laughs) note to all of the young guys that are not married out there, carry a huge study Bible that's been deeply worn in. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, it's it's a wonderful story. I love it, and I and she's a beauty. She's really a beauty. So let me tell you, what a blessing that she sounds like. She's got the beautiful heart, and not just the beautiful uh, outside appearance. She's got it both going on. And so I, that's wonderful. I'll be back with my guest, True Tamplin. The Tammy Jackson Show is sponsored by Robar Companies. I tell you about them every week. They are a true custom firearms and firearms finishing shop. They're located in Phoenix, Arizona. You can find them at robarguns.com. Robar is known for its superlative gunsmithing and finishes, especially NP3. I've talked about it before, but let me tell you, I trained with a Glock 19 Gen 3, which is my carry pistol now, but I trained with it, and it was finished in NP3, and by training, I mean eight hours a day for three days, over 1,500 rounds down range, I can tell you that that NP3 is almost magical. So the lubricity is fantastic. The pistol barely even needed to be cleaned after all those rounds. So if you want to give your worn firearm new life, you need a new finish, you need some smithing on it to really make it the, the pistol, the firearm, the rifle of your dreams, check out RobarGuns.com, sponsor of the Tammy Jackson Show. You're on the 405. Shop Amazon, support the 405 Media, click on the banner on top of our homepage. Then you know what to do. The 405 Media is an Amazon associate. That means you get great deals on Amazon.com and support the talk alternative at no extra charge. We are the 405media.com. Thank you. I love Tammy. (laughs) I love you back, Kurt, because I'm a caring kind of gal. The Tammy Jackson Show. I'm just one conservative gal encouraging you to keep fighting the good fight. Tammy is what conservative insurgency is about. Tammy Jackson, the granddaughter of legal immigrants. In Honduras, they had 60,000 murders per per 100,000 or something like that. And I thought, whoa, that is a lot. Like every other person on the block is dead. Tammy Jackson, the emerging threat from the West Coast. Tammy has made herself into a, 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 a rising radio star. When we have these mass amounts just suddenly pour into the United States, we have a worse problem than we already have had with assimilation. The Tammy Jackson Show, Tuesday nights, 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, only on the 405media.com. Anything for you, Tammy. The 405. This is Mike from the Wrestling Mayhem Show, the show where we get fans and people in the wrestling industry together to talk about 
pro wrestling, WWE, NXT, WrestleMania, all kinds of fun. It's a podcast party. Check it out. Wrestling Mayhem Show right here on the 405 Media. Listen to the Wrestling Mayhem Show now seven nights a week, 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, right here on the 405media.com. You're on the 405. Let's talk tech. Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. Awesomecast. It's all about tech and it's all about gadgets. It's Awesomecast, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on the 405media.com. You're on the 405. by my guest, True Tamplin. If you're just joining the show, True Tamplin is an entrepreneur and author of the number one Amazon bestseller, Raising an Executive, Igniting Your Son's Inner Executive to Outperform His Peers and Continue Your Legacy. And I've got it linked on the show page. Now, True, your your story is absolutely amazing. We were talking before the break about your dad, Ken Tamplin, and, and he was tapped to be the lead singer of Journey back in the day. He made the decision after a lot of prayer that he would turn that down because he wanted to put his effort and his time into raising you and your sister, and it's made all the difference. Um, mm. You went to Biola. You've married the girl of your dreams who you did not meet at Biola. You told us that story. It's wonderful. I wanted to ask you a little bit, since um, I was going to ask you about the college, what was your major concentration of study in college? Yeah, so that that in and of itself has a great story. So um, I was a, a philosophy major originally when I transferred over to Biola, um, but I was on a full-ride soccer scholarship. And I hope this phrase is appropriate to say uh, on air, but when you're on a full-ride, the coach has you by the balls. And yeah, oh, yeah. And total control of your life. And um he gave me an ultimatum only because one of my philosophy classes, it was a small department, and one of the classes was offered every other year, and I had to take it at that particular time, but it conflicted with games and practice. So he gave me an ultimatum saying, you either quit your philosophy or you quit your soccer and you lose your scholarship. And I went to the board. I found out I could have defended it, but, you know, four hours of training came out on the field every day. You're just going to have a miserable next two years when you're right. at odds with your coach. Right. So I sort of conformed um, and said, okay, um, new major. I don't want to lose my scholarship, nor do I want to be at odds with my coach. And so I, I was like, okay, well, I'm also interested in business. And unfortunately, the only business majors that were available to me, again, I was switching in my junior year, which is very late to switch and still graduate on time. It's right. already difficult to graduate on time as it is, but switching a major that late with all these philosophy units was extra difficult. Um, and the only options available to me were like, no offense, but like, you know, management or marketing management, you know, there was accounting, but I wouldn't graduate on time with that one. Uh, nothing that really like jumped out at me. And uh, going into my junior year, I get this rogue email from, from the chairman who's now actually the co-dean as well. That's not a drug. That's the co-dean there. <laughs> um, uh, he, I got gotcha. you. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he said that they were considering opening up an analytics degree sometime in the near future. And at that moment, I was like, okay, all, since, all systems loaded. Like, we are, we're going to make this happen. So I reached out saying, I, I, we need to make this happen, like, now. And he said that he, he needed $10,000 in funding. And so we, we were actually able to throw together a group of really smart people, get the owner of Vitaligent, which owns 86 Jama Juices up on the West Coast, and convince him to donate $10,000, which was sort of our seed money, to create the analytics program. Um, and we did a good enough job for him to do data analytics uh, that he ended up not just donating $10,000, but after implementing our suggestions from what the data showed, ended up donating $20,000. Oh, wow. And so I actually created a major at Biola, which to this, I mean, not to this day, it's been a year, but now, now there are starting to be other people graduating with this major as well. But I was the first <laughs> graduate of the uh, business analytics degree. So it's business at its core and then data analytics as the emphasis is called. 
Um, but that was my major, and, and that was the backstory. Oh, wow. That, okay, that is just amazing. And so your business, what is the name of your analytics and, and online marketing company? Yeah, so it's called UpDigital, and whenever you have any sort of company, you want what's called a USP, which, by the way, I was interested, like, introduced to the concept of your USP, your unique selling proposition, by Perry Marshall, who was just on your show. Like, oh, wow. Guy the top. <laughs> so, anyways, my, U- my USP or my unique angle, what I brought into the marketplace um, – Every, every, you know, digital marketing agency from here to Timbuktu is going to tell you that they, you know, are experts in analytics. Um, a lot of them can really only stay within the platforms that, like, a, a Google Analytics is going to offer you to get insights on your website and whatnot. Right. I'm able to pull that data into, like, an Excel file or database and really get insights that really exceed what any other online marketer is going to be able to do from just within the platform. And don't get me wrong. Google Analytics and other platforms like it are amazing. You can get incredible insight. But there are just some other platforms, even, even just my data visualization tools like Tableau, getting to see the data, like, wow, okay, oh, wow, that's where my spending's going, and that's what's giving me revenue. Just being able to see that on a visual absolutely changes the game. And so my, my company, UpDigital, what I bring unique to it is that, that analytics um, emphasis, if you will, um, to that digital marketing. So that's wow. my company. Wow. Well, okay, I am, I am just so impressed. And I have to ask you, how old are you now, True? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm 22 years old. Yep. You're still, you're just 22. Wow. I just can't even imagine what you're going to accomplish in your lifetime. And, and the thing is, I think every kid has the ability, and it's not necessarily about wealth as much as, you know, doing stuff that will last. And, and what you're yeah. doing is to help people. I, I mean, the analytics could help people do better with their business, maybe, and ha- have more time to spend at home, which is the goal. And, I, I, you know, I just like that. And then imploring businessmen to say, you know, what's got to come first is your faith in your family. And, 100%. Y- you know, the verse, if you seek you first the kingdom, all these things will be added to you. And I, and I really believe that. That doesn't mean we're all going to be multimillionaires or something like that. I don't, don't necessarily preach a, a prosperity gospel. But I do tell you, I think people are very, very blessed when they get those things in order. Mm, I could not agree with you more. And truth be told, Tammy, is like the up digital business is really, I mean, I, I do have a passion for analytics. I will say it drives me crazy to spend the entire day behind a computer. So I am looking to get out there in the real world and hopefully using some of the hard-earned money that I've, I've uh, earned uh, to use it for really cool, cool purposes, one of which is that uh, raising an executive book. I'm turning it into a mentorship program, and I'm specifically reaching out to Christian business owners and executives to come and mentor us because, you know, here you have these executives signing up their sons in particular to go through this mentorship program. I was like, why not turn that into a ministry opportunity? And we just landed Lindsay Snyder, the owner and CEO of In-N-Out Burger, to come and actually mentor us, her and, and several other awesome Christian entrepreneurs. Wow. So if you're listening and you, and you have any interest in really taking your son, it's going to be a male thing. That's not a sexist thing. I'm a male. I relate with males. I have a way with males. I have a father that inspired me. There's nothing, there's no agenda pushing there whatsoever. It's just my story and my, my there's that word again, USP. Um, but if you're interested in having your son really take his, his everything to the next level, I really recommend you take a look at my raising, executive, raising an Executive program. It's on my website. You can find it there. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. True, it's been great getting to know you, and I'd love to have you on again sometime. Thanks, Tammy. I'd love to be on. You should definitely get get my dad on here. He is a hoot and a half, let me tell you. Uh Oh, I will. I definitely will. I'll make a note of that, and we'll figure out a time when he can be on. I'll look forward to it. You take care, and, and God bless you. All right, Tammy. Thanks. God bless you, too. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. You're listening to The Tammy Jackson Show on the 405. I'll be back on the other side of the break with Robert Patillo. 
The Tammy Jackson Show is brought to you by Camera Security Now. Camera Security Now sells and installs surveillance and access control systems for businesses worldwide. Their turnkey surveillance and access control systems provide an excellent management tool going beyond the obvious safety and security benefits. A site-wide surveillance system is the most cost-effective way to provide instant access to all the visual information that's critical to your business. Camera Security Now can handle your largest surveillance projects while still providing easy-to-reach personal service with upfront pricing on itemized quotes, remote access to your surveillance system with no monthly fees, and same-day virtual visits. You can rest assured that your security needs are in capable hands. For more information, visit camerasecuritynow.com or call 800-440-1662. That's camerasecuritynow.com, sponsor of The Tammy Jackson Show. Shop Amazon, support the 405 Media, click on the banner on top of our homepage. Then you know what to do. The 405 Media is an Amazon associate. That means you get great deals on Amazon.com and support the talk alternative at no extra charge. We are the 405media.com. Thank you. Whoa, a new digital music player. Thanks, Mom. Oh, I'm glad you like it, because I can't wait to toss the big stereo. And now that we got your dad that big HD TV he wanted, we can throw out our old TV, too. Hold up. You can't just throw out electronics. Really? They need to be recycled or donated. And how would we do that? (laughs) It's so easy, Mom. Today, recycling electronics is just as easy as buying them. GreenerGadgets.org has all the info. We just enter our zip code to find a certified recycling center nearby. There are thousands of them, and new ones are being added all the time. Some of our local stores are even certified recycling locations. I like that. Did you know that some of the stuff in our old electronics could be used to make new products and conserve natural resources? Well, okay then. Let's gather them up. Um, what was that website again? GreenerGadgets.org. We just enter our zip code and go. Children are at greater risk than adults from contaminants carried by flood water. Since they dehydrate faster, they need to drink plenty of fluids. If the safety of your water is in question, either use bottled water or bring tap water to a rolling boil for at least one minute and let it cool before use. You should also keep children away from mud and make sure they don't play with anything that may have become polluted by flood water or sludge. From the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. We are a bold and active voice for the unborn. We are Audio Girl Ministries, saving the lives of babies by helping moms in crisis pregnancies get past the crisis. How? Free ultrasound imaging so the woman can see the life she's carrying. And by supplying her with essential baby items, diapers, clothes, food, crib, car seat, all given with a loving and caring heart. Want to help? Log on to audiogirlministries.com. Make a tax-deductible donation. audiogirlministries.com. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody. This is Tammy Jackson. I'm a little over halfway through my show, and now I'm joined by my guest, Robert Patillo. He's a graduate of Clark Atlanta University and Chicago Kent College of Law, a lifelong civil and human rights activist. He's entirely dedicated to serving the poor and underprivileged. Patillo has been featured in articles in the New York Times, Huffington Post, Politico Magazine, and others. He's a frequent guest on cable news networks, including Fox News, CNN, News One Now, One American News Network, and Russia Today. All of his efforts are in order to force change on the local and national level. He's a leader in every facet of the word. Robert Patillo is the answer the world has been waiting on, or so they tell me. (laughs) He's currently the chief attorney at the Patillo Law Group. Robert Patillo, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Tammy. You betcha. Now, I have a feeling you worked with another Jackson who's kind of on the other end of the political spectrum from me. So so we may be we may differ a little bit as far as politics go. But you've said some great things I really liked. And I believe you're a man of faith. So we most likely have a lot of things in common as well. Well, I think the big thing is we, we draw these political lines, but 
far beyond the political lines are a lot of the social and just bottom line issues. If you're just hanging out with people and don't talk about politics, you'd be amazed how much you get along. Exactly. And you know what, Robert, when I'm talking to people and they find out that I do a talk show, they say, what do you talk about? I don't say, well, I'm a conservative and I only talk about this, this and this. I say I talk about the Constitution and values Mm -hmm. and life and shooting and a lot of different things. And as we start talking about issues, I am amazed that a lot of people have convictions on the issues that line up with me. And I'll say, you know, you may vote that away, but that conviction right there is kind of a traditional conservative value. So it's amazing. Some of the, some of the time-tested ideas and ideals of, of family and life and the Second Amendment, and a lot of people believe in that stuff. And uh, if, like you said, if you kind of stay on that stuff, you realize we have a lot more in common than we thought. Absolutely. And I think one of the big things, particularly for people in the South like I am, and I'm a native of Georgia, I uh, grew up uh, about an hour south of Atlanta. And one of the things that you find is that uh, there are people who have voted Democrat their entire life, um, from cradle to grave for two or three generations. But when you talk to them, they're pro-life, pro-Second Amendment. They hunt, they fish, they believe in uh, traditional American values, but there's only a few wedge issues that drive, uh, drive those people apart. Frankly, I think the corporatized party system, the Democratic and Republican parties, are what keep people apart more so than bring them together. People treat them like their teams, like their mascots. Uh, so if you're a <laughs> Seattle Seahawks fan and I'm a Falcons fan, even though we both like the same game, we can't get along because we think that our two political parties are just mad stuff. We have to be at lockstep with. Well, I think people have to start voting for values, not for party labels. Well, uh, okay. I Now you've sold me. I absolutely love that. I have a really good friend that's from Philadelphia named Talib Starks, and and an interesting guy, and he was raised quite a bit by his grandma and grandpa. And he always made me laugh as he described this. He said, in our home, it was immaculate, and she and she ruled us with a, a rod of iron. And, and so he was raised to be respectful and all this stuff and went to church with her. He said on their, their walls, there was a picture of JFK, Martin Luther King Jr., and Jesus. And always those three pictures, and it just cracked me up. And I said, it w- was it the white Jesus? He said, yeah. <laughs> and so we, we would just laugh. But, but the funny thing is, so he was raised voting Democrat because that's just what they did. Um, and when he got to be a young 20-something kid, he started looking at not so much what his grandparents believed, which was a great work ethic and sanctity of life and respect and personal responsibility, all this great stuff, like the Blue Dog Dems used to believe. But mm-hmm. he, he started looking at things now, and he said, Grandma, I hate to tell you, but I might be a Republican. <laughs> well, one of, the, one of the big issues is that the Democratic Party has decided to, I'll think probably in the last eight to ten years, take a far-left turn. And the problem with that is that, so you have the coastal cities. You have your New York, your Philadelphia, your uh, Boston, your Washington, D.C. Then you have your uh, Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles. And those are the big donor bases of the party. So because that's where the money for the party comes from, that's where the policy comes from, not from the interior or the center of the country. So many people who still traditionally vote Democratic no longer have their issues addressed by the Democratic Party. A perfect example is, uh, I think Hillary Clinton got 90% of the black vote. Barack Obama got about 96 to 98% of the black vote um, both of the times that he ran. Neither of them were willing to take off the issues of Black Lives Matter, of police brutality, of uh, over-policing in African-American communities, of uh, the criminal-industrial complex, because that's not what L.A. and San Francisco and New York told them the issue was. So even though you have a group that's voting for you 90 to 96 percent of the time, they refuse to address their issues. And that's one of the reasons the Democrats lost over a thousand elections in the last decade, because they've decided to cater towards special interests and catering towards the needs of their base. Wow. Wow. That, that's good stuff. And I, and I got to tell you, what do I know? I'm, I'm some blonde haired new Norwegian from Oregon, but my grandparents had nothing when they came here, and people made fun of them because they were goofy Norwegians. I think they still make fun of us because of that a little bit. That's okay. Um, but 
the the thing is, it always puzzled me that that the Dems would offer stuff and and they wanted to say, well, what you need to do is get this, this, and this from the government. And I thought, wait a minute, I think everybody, I you know, I think you set the bar high and people will shine. Kids, it doesn't matter their skin color, they've got great potential and they will shine if you give them the opportunity and set the bar high. And I think people, I don't care what color they are, that I, I, I was raised believing in this whole colorblind thing and I, I've only been told in my adulthood that I was all wet and, and that I'm a, a, a racist or something. And, and I thought, oh my goodness, my, my dad always taught me that we would judge people by their character. And, and I thought, that's, that's what I believed my whole entire life. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I always thought I'd be insulted if people thought I wasn't smart enough to accomplish things, that I had to be just given stuff. And, and I realized I was raised by two parents. And even though they were poor at one point, that you know I had an intact family. So that gives me an advantage there. But I, I just don't like a lot of the attitude of the far left Democrats, and I don't like all the attitudes of, of some of the ingrained uh, swampy Republicans either. To tell you the truth, well, uh, this is the always the interesting thing about politics. Well, we're talking about that vast American center that you have probably about ninety percent of the people in the country to various de- varying degrees agree on the fundamental issues that need to be addressed. Unfortunately, the 5% on the far left and the 5% on the far right are the ones who drive the argument, who drive uh, cable news cycles, who drive talk radio, who drive the media publications. So they keep people, toward, instead of agreeing to address the 90% of the issues that they agree on, they'd rather argue about the 10% that they polarly uh, oppose. Um, so even when we, when we take a look at what you were saying about the, the Democrats, the Great Society program that started yes. under LBJ, Right. That was that was supposed to be part one of a compromise to ameliorate issues in the community. So you had vote or the Civil Rights Act in '64, voting rights in '65. You had public accommodation thereafter, uh, all going all the way through Title IX under Nixon. But it was never finished. It was never completed. Step one was supposed to be raising people out of poverty. Step two was supposed to be uh, getting housing. Step three was supposed to be economic development. And then by the 80s, if the program had continued and finished, then the social programs wouldn't be needed. They weren't meant to be um, continuous for now until the end of time. There's supposed to be temporary measures to level the playing field uh, as a result of Jim Crow and as a result of slavery before that. But because the political Black home ownership is the same today as it was in 1968. Uh, the prison part, the percentage of individuals in prison is You know, everything you're saying is so great. You're breaking up a little bit. Oh, sorry. That's it. Go ahead, well, I can well, hear what, you now. <laughs> okay, what, what, what I was saying is that the numbers just don't just bear out that because the program was never completed, because the Great Society never uh, was able to come to full fruition, that now the, the community is actually in a worse place than it was when it started, uh, primarily because America does, never has the political will to fulfill its promises to go all the way through to the end. Wow. Wow. Well, I, and I, I always tell people the Great Society was not so great in and of itself, <clears throat> and LBJ was not so great either. Um, everybody knows the quotes from him, and and I just, um, you know, some interesting stuff. Now, I found an article, Robert uh, Patillo, that I think you wrote, and it's called How Can Republicans Win the Black Vote? Ask Atlanta. Was that your article? Yes, yes, it was. It's it's an excellent article, and I went to it. I found it under your name, but if you go to the article, you're, it doesn't say by Robert Patillo. So I, I thought, well, it's got to be his article, and it's so fantastic. I was hoping you'd say it was because I want to read parts of it. 
It's uh, how can Republicans win the black vote? Ask Atlanta. And it begins. Atlanta is on the verge of electing its first white Republican mayor in decades. The majority black city known for leaders such as Martin Luther King Jr., Maynard Jackson and Andrew Young may soon be led by a white conservative. This election is a blueprint for how Republicans can work to win over black voters and build a winning coalition for the future. Um Really, really interesting stuff in here. I want people to read it. And I found it not that long before we went on air. And I'm going to go back and relink it into the show post because I want people to read this whole article. It's so fascinating, Robert. Well, you know, it's interesting because the um, the woman in question, Mary Norwood, ended up losing by about 700 votes in the runoff. But it's a perfect blueprint for how Republicans can win. Uh, in majority Democratic areas, because if they don't go off on these uh, on these tangents, and they don't get into the Kiki Torch territory, and they don't get into the you know blood and soil territory, and just concentrate on economic development, uh, family values, and the things that really bring people together, then they can easily pull thirty or forty percent of votes in any minority community because those are the individuals who share those values. The problem is that we end up with people like Steve King or, you know, uh, Steve Bannon or Stephen Miller who radicalized the Republican message. And then even traditional family values, and then they start talking about blood and soil, that turns people off from being able to come across the line. So even if they agree on all the policy issues, those social issues, those red meat issues are what prevent them from really joining over. So if you just play down those parts of the conservative parts that people are on, there's no reason for um, uh, for the parties to be able to break the, uh, the binary system that we're currently in, where African Americans 90% vote for Democrats and Republicans vote about 60% or white people vote about 60 for Republicans, and then you end up with the same stalemate and the same red-blue map that we've had for the last 40 years. Yep. No, I absolutely agree. It, in this article that I'm going to link on the show page, How Can Republicans Win the Black Vote? Ask Atlanta, you continue further down. The first thing to remember is that black voters are generally conservative. They are older, churchgoers, homeowners, taxpayers who are socially and politically traditional. They're the perfect demographic for GOP for the GOP on many levels. They support lower taxes, traditional marriage, the sanctity of life, and a strong American work ethic. Many are retirees who previously served in the military or worked for the government in some capacity and hold a similar view of American interests, just as many Republicans, not to mention high rates of gun ownership and support for the Second Amendment. And that's something not everybody knows, Robert Patillo, that that in the black community itself, there is quite a bit of gun ownership. And I'm not talking about the streets of Chicago. I'm talking about solid families that have gun ownership because they want to protect their families, and they do believe in the Second Amendment. Well, I, I think that's one of the, one of the interesting issues that, uh, I was talking to Wayne LaPierre from the NRA about this last year, the NRA convention in Atlanta, where you have so many African-Americans who will be happy to join to be part of the NRA, but when you get to the NRA convention and there's a couple of Confederate flags flying, well, then you turn around and go back home. So it, it's the issue of having these conversations and with groups that you normally don't speak to to understand that you share the values. Uh, the value of home defense and personal defense is more important uh, to the African American community, and probably to any other uh, to any other community, just because of the high rates of uh, street crime and urban violence. So of course, the law-abiding citizens want to be uh, protected and don't want government interfering with their ability to do such. Um, it's very easy when you live in a nice community that doesn't have that has low crime and the, the police response rate is you know ten minutes to say, well, nobody needs guns. But if you call the cops and they don't show up for a few hours or at all then wow. yes, you're going to want to be able to protect yourself and defend yourself. So that's a perfect example of how people can come together if they get away from the radicalized uh, elements of the political extremes. 
Yes, you can find some common ground. You actually can. I want to read a little bit more from the article because this is so good. I think people, they just have to read the whole thing. But in the article, How Can Republicans Win the Black Vote? Ask Atlanta, you write. In sum, the only thing preventing Republicans from getting 20 to 30 percent of the black vote in 2018 or 2020 is a change in tone and policy that sacrifices the far right wing fringe for access to the vast American middle. Remember that in 2016, Donald or President Trump was able to get 13 percent of the black male vote with his, quote, what the hell do you have to lose question end quote, campaign promise. Imagine what he would get if he addressed mass incarceration or employment discrimination. So, Robert Pertillo, I think that's great stuff. I think people ought to take note of this because you are really diagnosing the issue well. And can you imagine if we, if Republicans could praise the good and, and find that common ground and get that big a percentage of the black vote they'd be almost unbeatable. And and I want to ask you, how do you think Donald Trump is doing? What is he doing well? What would you have him improve on? Well, I, I think what I would have him improve on is shutting up every once in a while. Because <laughs> any time President Trump has a good week or a good two weeks, he finds some kind of way to shoot himself in the foot. So let's just take the last three weeks, for example. You have the pardoning of uh, pardoning of Jack Johnson. You have the pardoning of uh, the great grandmother Alice Johnson. You have a successful summit with North Korea. You have unemployment numbers at three point nine percent overall and five point nine percent for the African American community. GDP GDP growth was predicted to finally hit four percent this fall. Great, great, great news. And then you roll Jeff Sessions out to say we're separating children from their parents because of the Bible, and you blow it all up in your face. And then you double down on it with Sarah Huckabee Sanders saying the same thing. The only person who had good messaging was Kirsten Nelson, the um, Department of Homeland Security Secretary, who simply said, look, we're just following the law as it is on the books. It's uh, Congress's job to change the law. That should have been the only statement from the administration on this issue. Instead, they have this mismatch of different messages uh, different discussions, the images coming out of children being pulled away, and now three weeks of good news and good uh, information gets buried and goes by the wayside because of just poor messaging um, and wanting to do your entire press junket through Twitter instead of just having a competent communication staff and putting policies in place where you can build on your success week after week. I like that because I think messaging is an issue that conservatives have to really deal with. They haven't always done it well, uh, even on the issues that we have common ground. Uh, I think they have to learn to do that much better. I wanted I wanted to ask you, so you're a lawyer, and I love talking to you because you've got a grasp of all this history of the law, etc. Really, really good. Uh, you're not all that old, and, and I'm wondering, what when in your life did you decide you wanted to go to law school? Don't worry, I won't tell any lawyer jokes, but just <laughs> what set you on that well, path? Well, you know, it's interesting. My mom is uh, originally from Haiti, so she came here when she married my dad in the early 80s. Uh, so she always, uh, both of them both put a very strong emphasis on education. Uh, while I was an undergraduate, I kind of vacillated between wanting to go to seminary school and law school. So one day, my junior year before I was uh, studying for the LSAT, I kind of told my mom I wanted to go to seminary. So she drove me around Atlanta and she pointed to different buildings on corners. She said, what's that? Is that a church? She said, what's that? An AME church. What's that? A Baptist church. What's that? Uh, a Methodist church. She said, we have enough churches. Go to law school. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I can go to law school. Oh, well, you know, keeping mama happy is not a bad thing, but it was kind of wise of her. And, and you know, um, a, a friend of mine who, who I won't mention his name, but he's known nationally, but, but he always, he's the one that always says you should, should praise the good. But he, he talked about the fact that we really need people that are, Christians in areas of influence, so in, in the law, in politics, in colleges, everywhere. And he said, not because those positions of power are 
all that important. But because those positions, those gatekeeper and and other positions can create a climate in this nation where the most important message of all, which is what touches hearts and minds for all of eternity, where we're free to do that mission. So it's the people in, in those other positions of power that help keep America free. So when I meet lawyers that are really trying to do the right thing and make a difference and not necessarily just all about billable hours, I, I think it's pretty darn fantastic. Well, I, I think there's more people out there that, uh, than you would think. But, you know, we really have entered a phase where there's a war on Christians, there's a war on religious people in general. You have the um, the meta culture, which now attacks anyone who has any sort of faith, any sort of moral backing, right. uh, anyone who has any sorts of standards. Sometimes you'll find interesting. Reverend Jackson brought this, uh, I stole this from him. He said, We've raised a generation without shame now. Because just the concept and idea of shame to the younger generation is anachronistic at best. Yes. They don't understand the idea of, like, pull up your pants when you walk out the house. Cut your hair. <laughs> don't, yeah. you know, don't look like you just roll out of bed. Have some kind of pride. Have some, some kind of shame. Respect right. your name and your family. Uh, right. And as those things have gone away, we've seen the decline of our the morals and values of our society to the point where anything is acceptable by anyone. Um, Things that would have disqualified you from political office 20 years ago now will get to elected sheriff. So we we have to find a way to regain the moral high ground and get back control of things because I don't quite know how much lower it can fall. Yes. I, I agree with you, Robert. Um, I, I lost my mom in 1990 to a real rare cancer, but every once in a while I think, okay, she's having a good time now, and she would be rolling her eyes if she could see our society right now in this present day. So um, I'm, I'm kind of thankful I'll see her someday, and she just doesn't have to suffer through this. But meanwhile, the rest of us are trying to make a difference. Robert Patillo, I hope that people get on your, your website. Tell, tell folks where they can find you and where they can listen to you. Absolutely. Well, my uh, Sunday show comes on News and Talk 1380 WAOK in Atlanta. You can find that on the radio.com app if you're not local for ter- terrestrial radio. You can also follow me on social media. It's at Robert Patillo. That's R-O-B-E-R-T-P-A-T-I-L-L-O. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, probably a bunch of other platforms I don't fully understand. Uh, my <laughs> website is www.robertpatillo.com. Absolutely. It's a great website. People will love it. And and I think that I've got that linked on, on the show page. This is one of these days where I was scrambling with so much stuff going on, and I'm sure you know how that is. But it's been Absolutely. great. It's been great talking to you, and, and thank you for making the time to be on the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Oh, you bet. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. The Tammy Jackson Show on the 405 will be back next week with more great guests. Until then, this is Tammy Jackson reminding you to wake up. Do not be silent. Let your voice be heard because we have a country to save. I cut my teeth on the back of an old church pew. I learned to walk. In the ways of light and truth And I was told not to speak Till I was spoken to I heard it preach What I should and I should not do And the choir sang Tried to be a good boy Boy, no more. I've seen some things that a man just can't ignore. And this world's gonna see what I'm standing for. I've kept my peace, but I can't hold my tongue anymore. You can't buy my silence, you can't steal my voice.